Hello, welcome back to the Matt Pfeiffer Experience. I am your host, Matthew Pfeiffer, and I have on a very special guest today. I have Hannah Hembree-Bell from Hembree-Bell Law Firm in Austin, Texas. They also have offices in San Antonio, Texas. And so today we are going to be talking about what to do when we're sharing custody around the holiday season. Uh, custody arrangements can be very, very tricky to begin with, but then when we start getting into the high emotions of the holidays, especially if it's your first or second holiday or if your children are very young and if it's a high conflict situation, things like that can get very, very tricky. And then families can get involved, new significant others at times can get involved mm -hmm. as well. So we're going to be talking about all that. But before we get into all that, I'm going to turn it over to my guest, Hannah. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to you. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got started. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Matt. I am Hannah Henry-Bell and uh, at Henry-Bell Law, we help marriages end well in Austin and San Antonio. And people hear that like, oh, are you like consciously uncoupling? And I mean, I guess sometimes, but for us, we're not, we say we're not kumbaya lawyers, like you're getting divorced for a reason. But what we help the families that we work with do is end well, whatever that looks like for you and your family. And mm -hmm. sometimes that means, you know, a big fat hearing that you have to go to court. And oftentimes it means like keeping the main thing, the main thing, bringing you back to reasonableness because you're on a long journey yeah. in this situation, whether you fully realize it now or not, you've got a long road ahead of you, whatever it looks like. Because people think, oh, till they're 18. Well, they're not just going to like fall off the planet at 18. You've got graduations and weddings and college and you know all of that yeah. so we really try to help people keep that perspective in mind and throughout their case or their mediation whatever's going on bring it back to the question of like does this advance your goals is yeah. this really in line with what you want to accomplish and where you want to be after this is done um and some clients are better at receiving that than others um i got into the divorce and family law world because i myself am divorced Mm -hmm. And I learned everything not to do <laughs> whenever you get divorced. Um, and I went through whenever I first was divorced, my kids did not live with me primarily. Mm -hmm. And uh, subsequently, I was a part of, a, it's now been two custody modifications. So like I lived that life. Um, and especially the first custody modification involved a seven day jury trial in Texas right? That is still an issue that goes to the jury of who should be the primary parent of these children. Um, and so having lived through that, when I worked in a big fancy law firm back then, um, I realized, look, like I need to be the sort of lawyer I wish I would have had from the beginning from mm -hmm. my divorce. And then in my modification, I need to go be that lawyer for others. Like the way I conceptualize it in my brain is to me getting divorced or going through this if you're not married but you know you're going through the custody stuff um it's like you're in the middle of deep dense dark woods and i was there and i didn't know what how to get out i didn't know what to do is like scary is there gonna be like a scary ghost or like a you know a big tiger or something coming to get me um and so through it all i made my way through and i envisioned getting into this like clearing and people who do that, sometimes they take off and they run for the meadow or the river or whatever. But I turned around and, and blazed a trail backwards and then helped guide people through that part. Um, I think it's awesome uh, that I get to do this for a living. Um, I've got 
a, an amazing team at this point. We really um, have a lot of fun and work together, helping people, you know, through those woods um, because we've been there, done that, got yeah. the t-shirt. Uh, when you say that you wanted to become the lawyer that you needed, what type of lawyer did you have that kind of, you know, obviously, I mean, it sounds like it wasn't the greatest experience. Unfortunately, there's probably a lot of people who probably share that experience who, you know, uh, I was talking to uh, to someone else earlier about how we forget that divorce is actually a trauma, right? And that it, it's a, it's a devastating, even if you want want the want the divorce it's still very devastating and mm -hmm. so like a lot of times we we i don't want to say we take for granted but we don't think that you know that the that our lawyer potentially can cause harm or not actually be in our best interest things like that i'm not saying that's what the, what the case was for you but what type of lawyer did you have that inspired you to to do what you do yeah, so it's been different at different points. And it's not as much a reaction to something bad as much mm -hmm. as it was the creation of something new. So what mm -hmm. I mean is, um, in my divorce, at, at first, in the divorce itself, like I um, had an attorney who I didn't even have money for a retainer. They took me on like my good name and the managing partner where I was then um, to make payments, which most law firms won't do that, right? It was a, a favor. Um, and she did... a. a, a I guess like in the beginning, my ex-husband said he was pro se on his own. My retainer ran all the way out. Like mm -hmm. that or the bit of money that I'd had had run all the way out. And I realized, hey, that person was just not up to dealing with this sort of guy. Yeah. Um, and so then I had a different lawyer whose job I kind of negotiated a napkin deal with him myself was just to write it up. Right. Yeah. So that's one thing that happened. I don't no one did anything really wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not equipped financially or otherwise for that situation. Yeah. And so I would have had to have a big fat book to write with a bunch of zeros to have had the lawyer I needed then. But where the inspiration came from was in my custody modification. Cause at mm -hmm. first I was doing it myself. Like I'd go and work long days at this big, you know, on the 17th, 18th floor or something like that, um, at work. And then at night on my case, mm -hmm. and then it became pretty clear that my kids needed more than just the small I was trying to make a few small modifications I wasn't really even trying to up up in the apple cart and what happened was um it realized I was in the deep end and I was in over my head to do it by myself even though I was by by that point I was a lawyer mm -hmm. um but it was more than I could do and so fast forward I ended up having a really great trial lawyer Mm -hmm. amazing so good so good in the courtroom i would never want to go against him and he'd be the first to tell you he's not your sort of like hand holding lawyer with all of that advice he's not you're not going to call him on his cell phone yeah. sort of accessible so for me um i take so much inspiration from his courtroom demeanor and how smart he is and all that yeah. and there were moments where i needed more help i needed somebody to come alongside me like what do i do how do i respond to this email um what do I do if he's waving my check, child support check around at the gas station and it blows in the wind? How do I get it that through the attorney general's office instead? So like some of that more um, in the weeds with you. Now, there are horror stories of some lawyers. I think um, especially in the divorce world, people's expectations, their emotions, their drama, it affects everything you care about in your whole life. Right. And so 
you may have in your mind expectation of what a lawyer is supposed to do for you. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people expect them to solve all of those problems and to do fo- so for not much money, right? Yeah. Everything that matters and solve it all, but I don't want to pay you much money. I mean, that doesn't really, that dog don't hunt, as yeah. we say. Yeah. So I think for me, it was really just trying to be the kind of lawyer to get down in the weeds with you in it, link arm in arm, um, and answer those sort of right now questions in addition to being willing and able to go defend you in court or mediation as needed. Absolutely. Uh, it sounds like you're doing a, a, a great job within it. And I, I hear a lot of attorneys, they throw the therapist or counselor term around that they feel like they're not only people's attorneys, but they're also like kind of a, a sub counselor or therapist to people as well. It sounds like you kind of adopted a little bit of that as well, whereas some attorneys may not want to do that whatsoever. And they're like, you know, find your own attorney. We're not here for the. I'm not your therapist. They're cheaper. Yeah, they're, you're not. You're not a therapist, but at the same time, you want to have some empathy for where people are at and that sort of thing. Um, but what um, what would you say, like, for someone who feels like they need a little bit more of that and need a little bit more of that empathetic stance from their attorney? How could they recognize that in an attorney that they're about to partner with? Well, I tell people, look, um, one thing I, in our firm we never say is like, it'd be cheaper to call your therapist, right? Yeah. I, because I think some lawyers throw that around just to not have to deal with some of the drama. And look, mm-hmm. there are therapeutic needs that people have in a divorce that we are not qualified to do. So let's set aside for a second, like actual clinical therapeutic needs. All right. Mm-hmm. I think we all agree. Me telling you, hey, I really think you need to talk to somebody is is the right move to make because you have needs that I don't have the expertise to help. On the other hand, there's the um, people just want to feel heard. Mm -hmm. They want to feel like someone who will listen. Maybe they've already tapped out their friends, their family members, or they don't fully get it. And so um, for us, we want to be that place that they can talk to. I mean, obviously it costs money to talk to us. Mm -hmm. It's how we make our living. Um, But at our firm anyway, that's on our approach. Yeah, you, know, you have to kind of balance that. So I think if you're looking for somebody like that, check them out on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere you can about them. Do you get a good vibe? I mean, I always tell people, look, most often people hire lawyers that are kind of like them. You have to mm-hmm. resonate in some way. So if you go to your initial meeting, you know, think about it from the moment you call. If you call, are they like, Smith, well, yeah, what? Or are they like, hey, thanks for calling Smith Law. And, you know, if you get a warm feeling from the beginning, uh-huh. that probably, you know, is a good, at least it's a decent sign that that's going to permeate throughout. Yeah. And so then in that initial meeting, do you feel heard? Do you feel understood? Do they give you a second to explain your thing? Do they tell you things like, I'm going to be here for you. We've uh-huh. got your back. Do they meet you as a human being? Or are they just super focused on how much money, here's the next thing, here's how we're going to kick their butt in court. Um, I think the best way is to really go in with eyes wide open to those initial meetings and like, do you feel a resonance? Do you believe that this person cares? I mean, this is our job, right? Like yeah. everybody at their job, um, to some extent, maybe they care, maybe they don't. Um, this is still their job. So I give them a second, but are they asking questions? Do they let you finish? Are they always over talking you or interrupting you or being like, I don't need to hear about that, right? It's like, do they make you feel safe yeah, and warm, ideally? Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's for me, for people who want that kind of lawyer. Some people come in and they're like, I want someone to beat the table. Like, okay, then we are not your right fit. We can beat the table if we have to, but that's not the people who come into our firm. That's not what they're looking for. What do you say to the person who's listening to this and they, they're saying, you know what, Hannah, um, I listened to this. I can tell that I hired the wrong attorney. They're not representing Mm -hmm. me well. They're not calling me back in time. It's been three months. I haven't heard from them. I don't know where yeah. this is at. You know, uh, you know, and both of us have probably been doing this long enough that we've heard the horror stories where there's yeah. some attorneys that just aren't very good. Um, what do you, uh, one of the tips I give people to avoid that is number one to, I tell people to interview at least three attorneys before hiring one, but then uh, also simultaneously um, once you're in it and you're like, ah, this isn't, this just isn't a good fit. Um, what do you advise people on trying to get out of it or finding a new, new attorney when they, once they've already hired one and then kind of avoiding that pitfall altogether? Yeah. Don't wait till you're real pissed off and then blow up yeah. because then you lose credibility. And, you know, just because it doesn't work out doesn't mean it has to end crappy, right? It doesn't have to be a crappy situation. It's just sometimes it's not the right fit. Right. It happens with us. Like sometimes people are working with us and for whatever reason, like we're not the right fit. I am always happy to support them as they go somewhere else and to act right and to end well. We do that our own selves. Um, but I think that if you're it's becoming clear to you that maybe you're ex- it's about like in any relationship, can mm-hmm. you get ahead of it in the beginning? Like, hey, maybe you could say like I we haven't talked in a little bit. Like, can we get clear together? on the expectations like i kind of thought i would hear from you once a week what are your thoughts like what can i expect so long as you have the information you know maybe three months is reasonable if your case is on hold for some reason Mm -hmm. but maybe three days isn't reasonable if something's hot and crazy going on so like i would say align on your expectations from the beginning so to make sure you have it it, it's like the lack of information is what scares us and makes us when we get into fear we start to last, we do like, what is it? Flight, fr- you know, freeze or fawn, right? So yep. like, which of those are you going to do? And mm-hmm. so a lot of times in the divorce, people are ready to fight and they will take it out on their lawyer when really perhaps your expectations were just not on the same page. So like, as soon as you realize it's off, you expected X and you got Y. Can you have an adult conversation? It's not a cute story. It's not ugly. And just like, hey, Mr. Smith, Miss Smith, um, could we have a talk and always give them an agenda of what you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, can we have a talk? I want to just discuss expectations, communication. So we know we're all on the same page, et cetera. And anything else you'd like to bring up So tell yeah. them, have that conversation and see what happens. So give them a chance, just like you would in any relationship. Cause look, nobody's perfect. So, mm-hmm. okay. You give them that chance. I suggest as many zoom or face-to-face meetings as possible. It's a lot harder to get pretty sassy and mad at someone when you're looking at their face or even better if you're seeing them in real life. Give them Mm -hmm. a hug. You see their energy. Um, Now, if you've done all of that and it's still not working, like there's still it's not right. The staff is ugly to you. Whatever it is, you want to end well. Those of us who've been around the block, I'm 40 years old, like I've been around enough at this point to know you want to end everything with don't burn any bridge. You never know what you're going to need. Bottom line, you're going to need your file from that attorney to go to the new place, at least that. Um, And it will go smoother and easier, I'm sure, 
if you're not, you get more flies with hunting, right? So like yep. you might just say what you would probably do is go ahead and go find your other attorney, right? Mm-hmm. You need another one. She's like, okay, I'm going to go take your same advice, interview three other ones, get a referral, like from your financial advisor, from, uh, you know, somebody, you know, who's been divorced, like do some diligence, talk to a few more, decide who you'd like to have. Then what you'll do is probably they'll direct you and follow their advice. But probably what will happen is they'll say, you need to go tell Mr. Jones that you're going to release your file to us, et cetera. And then you'll go back and say, Mr. Jones, thank you so much for everything you've done in my case. I really have appreciated working with you. At this time, I'm going to be transitioning counsel to Mr. You know, um, Williams, Miss yeah. Williams. And I'm going to transfer over there. If you could please send over the file, I appreciate it and wish you all the best. Just end it like that. Yeah. You don't got to list every grievance. You don't got to list every single issue. And that will make the whole thing smooth for everyone. Don't in a divorce or custody situation, your energy is precious. Mm-hmm. Every single shred of a moment that you spend in this situation is going to drain you. Yeah. Don't spend time stirring up a bunch of drama with your lawyer, even if they've been being a punk. I mean, I just don't believe in throwing good energy after bad. Right. So I would just smoothly give them a you know identify the problem, give them a chance to fix it that's reasonable. And maybe a couple chances and then like, okay, I need to do something, get a new one and make a smooth transition. And to your point, telling them and going into all the details and everything isn't going to solve the issue. You already made your decision that you're going to be moved forward anyway, you know? And so, you know, to, and, and if you're at that point where you're, where you found another attorney, if you've been communicating appropriately, they shouldn't be surprised as to the reason why, you know, why, why you're going to need that, that relationship. You know, I, yeah, I, I yeah. agree with you, and I love that. Uh, moving on to um, to custody type of issues, and we're, we're heading right into the holidays. Next week, obviously, is Thanksgiving, and you know, we and I'm sure a lot of people. I, I can't speak for you. I don't have my Christmas tree up yet, but I'm sure a lot of people, not yet. I know a lot of people are doing that, putting up all the Christmas lights, but. Uh, all of these times, holidays and everything, are such a special occasion for everybody. Extended family, there's travel involved uh, on both sides. And, and obviously, in our world, this is where it's sometimes the busiest time. Because now the kids are pawns at times. Um, and everyone wants their time. Everyone wants their attention. And we have a very limited time where people can have that time. And so we typically see a lot of arguments, a lot of big emotions around this time. It's already an emotional time. It's already a very stressful time because of the, because of the holidays and, and wanting to spend money on, on kids and Christmas. And sometimes you intertwine birthdays and sporting events into Mm -hmm. all that as well. Um, So it naturally creates this dynamic in this environment where it's very combustible between two people who have recently gone through a divorce. And sometimes you can be divorced for five or six years and it's still very combustible. Uh, so could you share with us, you know, just kind of some best practices on how to kind of maneuver through the holidays? Um, I'll start out, let's start out with the actual custody arrangement and then, you know, we'll kind of move, move over to like as an individual, like how can I better take care of myself? Yeah. So first thing I was thinking as you were talking was get out a copy of your order, whether that's a divorce decree, a custody order or whatever. Let that be your guide. Okay. Mm -hmm. And deviate at your own risk. All right. 
So I am a believer and look, I think it's so great if parents and people can just get along and just work it out. Okay. I have a job because most people can. I am a divorced, divorce lawyer. So I come at this from my very own perspective of what it's like to be divorced and live with this. So that disclaimer, pull out a copy of your order. It's going to have some very specific provisions about how Thanksgiving works and how the Christmas holiday works, generally speaking. For those of us in Texas, it's really typically pretty clear. One person gets Thanksgiving, one person gets Christmas, person got Thanksgiving gets the week after Christmas, and then you rotate here and there till you know, everybody's 18. Right. So if you're not entitled to Thanksgiving this year, you should go in and not believe you're going to get any time. Yeah. Just stop the resistance. Maybe you wish it was different. And maybe every year since the beginning of time, you've always gone to Utah to what and what, what, what and such, such. Right. Let it go. Mm -hmm. um, the sooner you can stop resisting, the less pain you'll experience. So mm -hmm. if this is not your Thanksgiving, you need to make a different plan. Now, maybe your, uh, we call it the X factor, right? Like whoever this ex spouse, ex you know, parent, whatever person in your life, maybe you have a relationship where there's some generosity mm -hmm. and some awareness of maybe it would be good for the kids. You know, and each kid's different. I don't know what's better, honestly, whether it's better for kids to try to split time or if that's parents making ourselves feel better. I don't know. I wouldn't feel personally for me. I wouldn't love to be part of the time at Thanksgiving in one place and then have to leave in the middle and go someplace else as mm -hmm. a person. These kiddos, y'all, are little humans. And how do you think they feel? They just got to playing with some cousins and stuff in the middle of the day. They're going to change. They didn't even get to eat yet, you know. So I guess um, number one, you're going to dust off the order and believe that that's the way that it's going to go. If you don't understand what it means, Usually they're pretty clear on this, but if you're confused, like you can ask your lawyer or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I would advise that. I would advise that. Um, I mean, that's the biggest piece that I can tell you is follow the order. Now, if there's some certain special circumstance that this year, maybe you don't have Thanksgiving, but you want to ask for an accommodation or whatever. First thing I suggest you consider is start way earlier giving to the other person. When uh -huh. you're going to want something in the future, uh -huh. uh, be someone who like does this for them so they'll do it for you. But if you're in the habit of no, 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 how could you ask me? You know, all of these other things, don't expect them on the, one of the most important days of the year to work with you. But yeah. let's say that maybe you've done some of that and done some deposits in the trust bank. Okay. Then ask early and clearly with no emotional bunch of your BS. So meaning, uh -huh. hey, um, Matt, would you consider this year letting me have the kids from this to that? Um, my s such and such aunt who's really old, we're in sick is coming. This may be her last Thanksgiving. That's why I'm asking. I would really appreciate it and would look forward to extending the same sort of courtesy to you in the future. Mm -hmm. That's it. And they say, no, let it go mm -hmm. and move on. And that sucks. And it's terrible. And everything is the worst. And let it go. Yeah. Okay. So I think if you want to change things, you can do that. But do it early and very clearly in its own message. Like if you use Our Family Wizard or App Close or an email, only talk about that so that it won't be confusing the back and forth. Okay. Now, um, 
if in whether you have your kids or don't have your kids, one thing that I think I didn't fully understand at first, and I'm really only understanding years later, is the power of establishing new tra- traditions. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I tell people that all the time. Yes. So this is your first Thanksgiving. Eat, let's just say you have the kids as this different version of your family. This mm-hmm. is your opportunity to be a co-creator with your kids in a new reality. And in your own life, maybe in your other life, you had to go to your in-laws who were awful and you hated going anyway. Cast mm-hmm. what? You don't got to go anymore. Mm-hmm. And so in this chance, maybe what you do is you start like a new football um tradition where on Friday you all go to football or you all go to the movies or you all go do whatever. Use this opportunity to put some energy towards creating new traditions. Traditions take a few years to build up, right? So the mm-hmm. first year it may not feel like a tradition, but you got to start someplace. So start yeah. doing something. Yeah. And then um, you can build all that in time. There's lots of stuff out there on the internet, but just something like, oh, well, this is what we do now. On Friday after Thanksgiving, we always, like this year in our family is the first year we're doing Thanksgiving at home as a family in my adult life. Yeah. Um, and one of the things we're going to do is we're going to go to this local restaurant on Saturday night. And like, that's going to be the new thing we do on Saturday night. We're going to this restaurant and that's a part of what we're going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so establishing those new traditions, likewise, uh, let's see, let's say that you don't have the kids with you. Mm-hmm. Um, the same tradition rules or, or, you know, recommendation applies to you there also. Yeah. So, what does it look like for you um, to have a holiday where there aren't kid response? You don't have to get up early. Right. You can maybe have an extra glass of wine the night before because you don't have a 6 a.m. wake up, right? Like right. maybe every Thanksgiving, that's when you go on a trip to Europe or you mm-hmm. go down to Mexico to the beach and you do it all different. And your Thanksgiving dinner is some enchiladas with wine right. and a margarita, right? right? So you get the opportunity for yourself to do new traditions. Um, and this is kind of goes to the other part of your question about taking care of yourself. I yeah. think one of the hardest things in all of this world is the are those first holidays when you don't have the yeah. kids. Especially yeah. if you've got kids, let's say your kids are six or seven or eight. For a long yeah. time, you've been doing holidays. They mean children. Yeah. It's different. One of the one of the things that people don't realize about you not taking care of yourself. In situations like this, it actually puts too much pressure on the child. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't don't know that. The child thinks that it's their responsibility to keep you entertained, to keep you happy. Uh, they start mm-hmm. to worry about you when it's the other parent's week. Well, they're alone. They're this. They're that. Uh, and you, when you actually do exactly what you said, like you have a life outside of your children, it takes a lot of that pressure off of them. Where now they're like, oh, you know, thank you, you know, and and it gives you a lot more to connect with them on. And people oftentimes think that, like, if I show my kids I'm sad, or if I show them how much I miss them, that you know that they're gonna want to be with me more. And sometimes, and a lot of times, it's actually opposite. It's actually puts a lot of pressure. Uh, They feel bad. They feel guilty. You know, even if they want to hang out with the other parent, it's like, but I, you know, they they feel very torn. When it's, mm-hmm. you know, it actually gives you a lot more to connect with when you're able to share, the, share stories with them. 
and you know, and it doesn't have to be all or nothing. They still know that you miss them. They still miss you. You can still enjoy your time. You can give, give yourself permission to enjoy that time without, without inflicting that. Uh, and I'm not, it's obviously not intentional in, in most situations, but that's what, what tends to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I should have said from the beginning. It kind of goes without saying to me, but I should say it is. Remember to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is the right. kids mm-hmm. and how they're doing. And I agree a thousand percent. Do not call your kids on Thanksgiving crying. God, can you imagine if somebody did that to you? Like you're having this great time with your family and somebody calls you crying. I feel how bad they miss you. How would that break your heart? Like I think people so often lose perspective on how this is going to affect the kids um, because they're just worried between their own behind their own two eyeballs. But yeah. yes, make another plan. And that's what you're going to do. If this is your first Thanksgiving coming up or first Christmas around the corner without the kids, keep yourself busy. Yeah, I want you to be busy doing something cool. And mm-hmm. if that means you got to save your money from now, put on a credit card, I don't care. Do something because you're right. Like if your kids, if you're going to talk to them, um, then yeah, like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm out doing, blah, blah, blah. I miss you. I hope you're having so much fun. I love you. Oh, that's so great. And move on with your business. If you're going to cry, cry if you hang up the phone. Yeah. Do not do it on the phone. And I'll tell you this, do not expect anything yeah. from those kids when they're with the other parent, especially when it's holidays, Yeah. because they will feel the weight of your expectations and their little mm-hmm. tiny babies, even if they're 16. All right. Mm-hmm. Don't put expectations on them. That's not the role. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be their calm. Um, they can be the storm and we're the calm. And yeah. so, like, if you're going to talk to them on Thanksgiving, okay, short, sweet, to the point, positive, and move on. Yeah. Um, don't demand a time in the middle of when food would be. Maybe it could be first thing in the morning. It's probably ideal, like, 9 or 10 when everybody's kind of up and going, but nothing's happened yet. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I, oh, you're because I bet that's going to be such a fun football game. Oh, great. What kind of pie are you looking for? Yeah. Oh, great. You know what? I can't wait to get some pumpkin at grandma's house. Um, And we miss you. We love you. I hope you have a wonderful day. I cannot wait to hear all about it. And then let it go. Yeah. If you do this, I mean, the jury's still out with my, I'm speaking personally yeah. uh, with my own kids. I've certainly tried to do that the best that I can over the years. Uh, one of the things my mom's always said, like, you don't got to worry about me, my mom. Yeah. Um, Christmas, you do whatever you need to do. I know I'll be here. And that has been such a relief to me as an adult, Mm -hmm. um, to not have to worry about taking care of my own mom's feelings or dad's feelings or whatever about holidays. I just did what I needed to do as a mom, a wife, whatever. So do the same sort of thing for them. Um, the other, the last thing I'd say on this is, I don't know, good karma, good, whatever you believe in, just doing good is try to come from a place of yes, if mm-hmm. you can. Mm-hmm. If your other person asks of you, can you be yes? I'm not saying give away the Thanksgiving meal on the day of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but if there's something you can do to be some yes, try. Okay. Yeah. And even if they never do, even if they never um, help They never give, right? We can't control what the other person does. We can only control our side of the table. So try as best you can to put the good out in the world where it's, I mean, some of us are in situations where that's not really possible for a million other reasons, but if it works for you, try it on for size. Absolutely. What one question I have, uh, because a lot of people are probably listening to this and they're saying, Hannah, I would love for all this to, to work out 
you know, but I'm in a high conflict situation, person I'm with and a person I was with, um, they have no interest whatsoever in actual co-parenting. And they're probably thinking about, and they're probably anticipating the person not exchanging at all or not exchanging on time, you know, um, or somehow creating some sort of complication or um, some sort of drama on showing up unannounced, those sorts of things. Um, what, what do you, what do you advise to people in situations like that? Okay. Number one, release your grip on your expectation of how this is going to go. Uh-huh. All right. The resistance is the pain. So if you can release like this, like, oh, it has to go a certain way that you're like anticipating it. If you can come at it with open hands, that changes everything. Okay, if this is the sort of person who causes drama, know that. They're not going to all of a sudden stop having drama today. Right. Okay? All right, there's going to be some kind of drama. Can the usually exchanges in most orders in Texas occur at these days when school yep. gets out? You're going to know like the Friday before the Thursday Thanksgiving if there's an issue. Mm-hmm. Then deal, you know, you made Friday, you're probably not going to get a lawyer. But let's say over the weekend, you'll try to deal with it. And if not, Monday morning, be on the phone with the lawyer. Like, hey, we've got an issue. Yeah. Um, and maybe if it's an ongoing case, there's a, it's a lot kind of easier to do something because they can get with the other lawyer. Maybe they can file a, a law, a, a TRO. Yeah. It's called a temporary restraining order to like make people do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be tough if you can't get a lawyer on the phone, right? Cause mm-hmm. like, what if you can't, that happens to people. I would send an email and leave a voicemail, um, call your paralegal sort of whatever you can do. Um, knowing that they're a person with a family and they're trying to deal with some other stuff too. So, um, I think act quickly soon. Don't think you can like deal, deal, deal and try to deal with them. And then on Wednesday afternoon, you're calling, nothing's going to happen. You're just might as well forget it. Mm -hmm. Um, so to the question of they don't turn the kids over act as soon as you realize, I mean, soon, like, so say at Friday night or you're supposed to get, they're supposed to pick the kids up from school or whatever. And there's been an hour, not yet. But if by, you know, time is time to go to bed, you don't have those kids, you need yeah. to start doing something. Yeah. Um, and that's, that should take care of most of the exchange related issues. Um, but if for some reason your, your order has something different and you're exchanging on Thanksgiving day for some mm-hmm. reason, which I would advise against, but let's say you work and it's at noon, yeah. well, use your brain. If they're always two to three hours late. Yeah. Late, you're not going to get to do just a ton about. I'm going to be honest with you. There's not a ton you can do about late. But don't be a dummy. Don't plan. If they're supposed to be there at noon, don't plan Thanksgiving dinner for 1215. Yeah. Have Thanksgiving dinner at night, at five, six, mm-hmm. seven. And then let all the people in your life know, look, I don't really know when Jim's going to bring the kids back. Um, so let's just kind of be fluid in our plans. And the kind of people, at least I want to spend time with at Thanksgiving, will have the understanding for that of like, let's just plan on like seven. That gives a lot of time for this drama to go by. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't plan in small margins of time or you're setting yourself up for some drama. The other thing is, as far as showing up somewhere they're not supposed to be, mm-hmm. in that extreme of a situation, um, Sometimes you can do some work ahead of time. So say like on Tuesday, they're saying, well, I'm going to come and I'm, you know, I'm going to tell that guy what I think of him, blah, blah, blah. Go ahead. I mean, this is not legal advice. It's just sort of like educational. Right? So it depends very much on your situation. You need to ask your lawyer, but you might go ahead and tell that fella, hey, 
You're not welcome at my mom's house. I'm going to ask you not to come. Be very mm -hmm. clear. I'm going to ask you not to come. If you come, then the police will be called and we will ask you to leave. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. you've kind of put them on notice so that that way if they show up and they like, I don't know if they brought the kids to wherever for some reason, because they want to go drama. Don't do this in front of the kids. Get the kids out. Let them get out of the car and get inside and then close the door behind you and have somebody be calling the police if they won't yep. leave. Right. Like you can call the cops in that situation mm -hmm. um, because they're, you know, probably trespassing. If they don't have permission to be, you can't just go up on people's if property. They're, if they're coming there unannounced, they don't have great intention. You know, they're not there to exchange um, gifts or at least not pleasant ones, you know, at that mm -hmm. point. You know, yeah. yeah, don't assume all of a sudden. Yeah, it's it would be hard if they just show up at the door. Yeah, then mm -hmm. probably what should happen is you go to the door at whosoever house. Yeah, greet them. Hello, Jim. All right, what's going on? What's the deal? Um, and you, uh, like what? What can I do for you? Well, I'm just here to see the kids. Like, hey, we're just about to start dinner. Like, but you know, I mean, you just try to. So much as best you can, like, I'm gonna have to ask you to go, like, we've got other plans and the kids will be back with you at XYZ time. Um, try to minimize it best you can. No matter what, you're not going to engage in some kind of brouhaha in front of these kids yeah. and make Thanksgiving a traumatic or a further traumatic incident for them for the rest of their lives. They'll have this deep seated anxiety and fear about one of the greatest days, you know, in America in the year. So no matter what you've got to do to try to keep it away from the kids, I don't care how wrong or crazy or whatever that other person is, yeah. you're not going to say or do that in front of their dad, their mom. Right. Um, so you need to make sure that they are handled and safe before you engage at all. Best yeah. idea is just don't engage whatsoever. Yeah. One thing I, I tell people, I don't know if you tell your clients this or you have experienced this with any of your clients, is to not, especially if it's a high conflict divorce, high conflict custody situation, don't accept any gifts that are electronic or internet based from your high conflict person because they have typically they have tracking systems on them. Gifts to listening. you, the parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that they. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, oh, I don't know if you've seen it over and over, but I've seen it over and over. It'll be an Amazon. Um, Amazon, uh, not in, uh, Echo. Echo. The dot. Uh, where they where it can actually like see and in, see into things, or especially if it's like already like opened and they set it up for you, like the, no, it's like the, it's I've seen that over and over and over. Why would okay? Do so. not accept anything. Um, the with the uh, from the other parent. Do not accept anything from, and why are you accepting any gifts from them yeah. at all? Like I, nothing good comes on the other side of that, unless it's been a decade and there's a lot of trust between you. Right. But I would just say like, thank you, but no, thank you. Or take it and just like right. throw it in the trash. Like yeah. not in front of your kids, God, but mm -mm, I'm not yeah. taking any, why are you giving me a present? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -mm. Well, Hannah, this has been absolutely amazing. You are a wealth of knowledge. And you uh, have definitely dropped some some truth bombs and some and some knowledge. I know that a lot of people can use. You have a lot of wisdom behind your experience and things. Can you share with people like where people where they can find you at and where they can connect with you, or if they have friends and family members that they want to refer to you where to, where they can find you at? Yeah. So you cannot swing a stick on the internet without finding us. It's him. 
like at Henry Bell Law, basically all over the place. It's H E M as in Mary, B as in boy, R E E, Hem, Brie, Bell Law on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all of the things. Another thing, Matt, that some of your listeners might like is actually in the spring, we are launching a podcast called The Long Timers Club. We're not here for a good time, but we're here for a long time. Yeah. For people who are in the custody divorce world, like after the orders, after the decree, well, we're going to talk about stuff just like this to give you practical tips and insight from other people um, who are going through this. So watch for that um, information to come, and it may be something uh, I'm going to need to have you as a guest Matt, yeah. on there because I think those of us who have gone through this, sometimes it can feel really lonely. Yeah. And there's some shame still, I think, attached, or there mm-hmm. can be with divorce. And so if you're listening to this and you're still paying attention at this point, like I just want you to know you're not alone. You know this with Matt and the group that he's put together. Um, there's nothing shameful about this. We're all just trying to do the best that we can. Yep. Um, I've been there. I'm, I do this as my job. And I'm still in the middle of it, right? It's not done. Right. Um, so it's it's something to hold your head high about. And also don't feel alone for the lack of information. It's out there. We make a bunch of little videos. Like there's, there's some about the holidays and stuff that I've done in the past on our firm's um, website we're on youtube too so you can find us on there with some videos and thoughts like this i'm so grateful to be here matt and thank you so much for having me you are very welcome and if you are listening uh whether it doesn't matter where you're listening at uh drop some comments down below and let yes. know some some things to learn from today make sure you go to all of her social media links show her some love make sure you guys follow make sure you guys thank her for being a part and also, you guys can go into the show notes. All of her information will also be available in the show notes if you guys want to connect with her. With all that being said, thank you very much. And I will see you in the next episode. You guys have a great one. Yes, thank you. Thanks, everybody.